We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture, literally. Everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. It's about a thing. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Dang, I wish I knew the words to the Missy song. I want to sing it. Oh yeah, I, it was such a great visual. I didn't. The lyrics didn't really catch me yet. Missy Elliott is <laughs> phenomenal, yo. Like I feel like it's so it's so crazy. She apparently released a video three years ago. Um, the same video? No, 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 not this video. But she released a video three years ago because people like you know it's her first video in three years. But I felt like it was one of those, you, you know how sometimes like artists can come back or people can be gone for so long and they come back and you say, people like, oh, well, you know, are they going to be able to survive? Are they going to be able to sustain? Are they still relevant? Nobody has taken Missy Elliott's space or spot. It literally is like she created this lane and reserved it for her. She truly is in her own lane. So when the video dropped and I started seeing all these pictures, I'm like, okay, let me go watch the video. And it was one of those things like, this is home, man. Like, it just feels so natural and it feels like this is it. This is Missy. This is what we like. This is what she does. This is her. She don't gotta try to be relevant for today's time. She is just making this music. And one of the lines in the song, she says like, you know, I'm so futuristic. And I remember her saying that before, like back in the day, like my music is futuristic. And it's like, it is because you can still throw on all of her joints and still be like, yo, this is today. You know what I'm saying? Like she can release this today and it can still be just as hot as it was back then. Yeah. I still listen to Lose Control on um, my road trips. Yeah. Um, I just think that's a dope song. Sadly, I wasn't that into Missy. Um, but I always thought it wasn't that she was bad or anything. I thought, I think she's a great artist, but I didn't like in high school, my parents didn't let me listen to rap. So I didn't, and we didn't have cable. So, and the internet wasn't there in cell phones. So. And you just sound like you had like a dark childhood. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't dark. It was normal to me. <laughs> nah, I mean, it's, it's it's good. It's so funny, though. I listen to, so, you know the song, like, come on, ride that train. Mm-hmm. And ride it, choo-choo. No, I, I literally, Saturday, was it Saturday or Sunday? Someday this past week. Um, Actually, I lied. It was Wednesday. It was this past Wednesday. It was a holiday. I was home cleaning. It came on my, um, I was, I was cleaning up, you know, it came on the radio and I'm just like singing it and it hits me that this song is like a sexual song. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) It literally, I was like, yo, so I called my friend. I'm like, yo, you know, like the come on, ride that train song, you know, it's like about sex. And everybody was like, what did you think it was about? I was like, "I, I didn't like 
I know. <laughs> Most of the songs I didn't know were about sex. They it was so like clever. But I'm thinking like you know the whole little dance like little choo choo train. It's like yo man like this is about. I always thought like the new version of the Soul Train line. I didn't really get it. And then like I'm listening. I'm thinking about the words that they're saying. It's like Michelle, Tamika, and Tanya want to ride this train. Girl, I want to holler in the backseat of my Impala. I was like. Oh crap! That's what they talking about. It was real, yeah. You know that makes so, me think of when my cheerleading as as a young girl when I used to cheer. Um, yes, I used to be a cheerleader. Uh, for those who were wondering, um, but one of our cheerleading routines was, um, Uncle Luke, Captain D's coming, Captain D's. That was like, I had no idea what that meant. I actually thought it was Captain D's. <laughs> I was like, dang, they got a nice um they got a nice song. Yeah. No idea. Theme song. <laughs> no idea what they're talking no about. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> We've been bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure everybody's listening to the show. If this is your first time listening to Brunch Culture, I promise we're not as lame as we sound. Like right now, I'm sure we sound extremely. I know I'm not the only person that thought it was actually Captain D's. <laughs> uh, I can't say that I thought it was Captain D's. Well, you know, <laughs> speaking as somebody who was a kid who was very sheltered, um, and I think it was like, I think I was like six or seven. Like you don't know, right, right, right. <laughs> Just like, well, now these kids, now in this generation, probably know. I, but, and I think too, one of the things. <laughs> Even if you were exposed to it, I think with most songs that came out then, there was a certain dance that went along with it. So your focus wasn't all like you weren't thinking about what the song was talking about. You really were thinking about the dance move that went with it. You know what I'm saying? And like how, oh, like I'm just going to be getting into it. And I'm pretty sure even, you know, kids now are probably, well, some songs are probably thinking like, the hit, the Quan thing. They're not thinking about where that comes from or what it means. You you just thinking about like, oh yeah, I'm finna I'm finna do I'm about to hit the Quan like. Oh, you remember Soldier Boy up in this? Watch me cranking what Superman that? I still yeah, don't. What that mean? Lisa, you really don't know what that mean? Cause you know what? I just that was my first time like literally thinking about it. Superman that Superman that. And I just, you just we'll have a because... conversation off air, at least. <laughs> we're gonna get into the school, guys. <laughs> it got real, real awkward for me. In this I really, because I never paid attention to the song. I mean, even as an adult, you don't really listen to lyrics. Sometimes you just kind of like, and you don't think through it. It's not anything you critically think about. Um, so this week in the scroll, uh, <laughs> the president of the University of Missouri resigned uh, after one student had went on a hunger strike. Um, he basically, just, you know, he was big protesting and saying that and because of the president's response to all of the stuff that was going on. He just refused to eat. And you had a lot of students that were like protesting. 
But what a lot of people don't realize is it got really, really real when the football team and the coach refused to practice and play. That's when money got involved. And as we all know, when money gets in, people really start to move and start to make. You start to see some things happening. Right. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things that I think I think the great takeaway and that we're seeing all the time, there's so many different college campuses. um, They were CNN ran a story where they talked about like. You know, it, things were happening at Yale and things were happening at Ithaca College and um, all of these different schools and universities where so many things are happening. It was kind of one. Of, it was one of those things that is like you have. I mean, Fox News even mentioned it, too, on this like radio spot that people were saying, like all of this uproar from race, racial issues and racial ten, racial tension, quote unquote, um, people are all these things are happening. But one of the things that. I'm proud of and I'm glad to see people understanding is that the power that you have when you when people unite and stand together for a common cause and being able to say, hey, we no longer are going to accept this. We no longer are going to keep our mouths closed because, you know, part of this university as well. We are here. You will respect us and you will respect, you know, you will respect my my race and respect who I am and also understand that the power really comes when you can make a move and a shift in people's dollars so if you don't what a person is doing or you don't need is doing galvanizing people to say that we're not going to put our dollars and put our finances towards this and we're gonna we're gonna halt the money from that it really that's where you really have the power you start making changes so shout out to all of the the, the student uh, organizations I saw today on Instagram, I've been seeing a lot of pictures where people are saying, like, you know, we're standing with the University of Missouri, we're standing with Mizzou, and we are, you know, this BSU from this school or this school, this this whole university, or students from this, this university are, are standing together. We're not, we're no longer taking it. We are, you know, banding together, and we're going to make some changes. And I think it's great. Love it. Yeah, that's dope. Um on the scroll in addition to that um starbucks uh some other people want to protest not Starbucks. The red cup. yeah you know not the red cup you see it you know when you go to a cookout everybody got the red cup not that kind of red cup you though when you go to the college party everybody got the red cup <laughs> <laughs> people have red cups at cookout um well, yeah, they be at the cookout, too. I guess they be at the cookout. I have a red cup, but mine actually has lemonade in it. I was going to say, more recently in life, <laughs> they were definitely <laughs> a party favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but Starbucks red cup, um, people ain't in because it didn't have, you know, uh, Santa Claus. Was it Santa Claus? Or was it the Christmas tree? Why are you laughing? Did you say was it Santa Claus? <laughs> I mean, I just it's it. I just this whole thing is stupid to me. It, it yeah, it's <laughs> just like what? It really, it was like that they took off. Starbucks used to have like a Christmas tree, or they had a snowman at one point in time. They had tis the season, and all of these things that are traditionally traditionally um, referencing Christmas, right? And mm-hmm. what we've known to be referencing Christmas. And so you have a lot of people. People started the hashtag Merry Christmas Starbucks because a lot of folks feel that Starbucks are abandoning Christmas and 
they are becoming anti-Christmas and in term anti-Christian and anti-Christ. And it's really it's really interesting. Like if you just search the hashtag Merry Christmas Starbucks, you see some of the comments or just like go to Facebook, just go to either any one of these art, these uh, media sites that are running this story and look at the comments under it. It literally has been a number of people completely out of shape like people are really really disturbed by the fact that starbucks has made a plain red cup and they don't have a christmas tree or they don't have a snowman and then you have people i I was i read this one comments which i say all the time that i really try to stay away from comments but somebody uh tagged me in the thread and so i went and i looked at the thread and i like it was like a few comments above but this guy had wrote like this dissertation paper explaining how you know basically it companies are going from towing the line trying to be inclusive and considering everybody snatching jesus out of any and everything and i'm like guys a snowman has nothing to do with jesus santa claus nothing to do with jesus rudolph the red-nosed reindeer nothing donald diddle Pixel, Plixit, Comet, Cupid, Ronald, and Vixen. All of them. None of them. Oh, I don't know that story. <laughs> Jesus wasn't homeboys with none of them, right? Like, has nothing to do with it. It's, it's, it's just, it's real, real crazy because it's like, what are you even talking about? But the Why? fact is that you spend that much time, that you're that passionate, that you wrote, like, to write that much, at least took you maybe about 10, 15 minutes maybe and you sat there and took that out of your life that's time you can never get back and who is is anybody i always i always tell people to think about consider their audience if you don't have the ear of the people in charge uh, if you really feel strongly about this why are you not talking to people who can make a change i just feel like i don't know and in this case he shouldn't be talking about this at all because it's stupid but it's just, I don't even know what to say. So people are upset about this red cup. The funniest thing is, I feel like, you know, this gives, people say nowadays all press is good press. But when I tell you I've seen, and maybe it's just because there is an article, so maybe I notice it more. But I've seen these dang on red cups everywhere. Like, it, I freaking walked into, I walked into my job and on on the um on like the receptionist desk there were like four of those red cups and i'm like i feel like people are kind of going to get these red cups because everybody talking about it because at no point in time have i ever worked work and seen starbucks just kind of just chilling up there right mm-hmm. all of a sudden this week i walk in and i see four red cups and i'm like why are these here <laughs> who did who did this what's what's real like what, what what's going on um but i mean hey you know Starbucks get to make some more money. Some people are still addicted to it. The crazy thing is, too, Starbucks still has gift cards that say Merry Christmas. And you they still have their Christmas blend coffee and cookies. <laughs> but they just changed the red cup to be solid red. Whole other story. Why people upset don't even make sense. But, you know, it's 2015 and people have Twitter. <laughs> That's what yeah. we're playing it on. And they don't do work at work, so they have to find something else to do. And that's a whole other. 
<laughs> but they should so, be protesting H and M. Yeah. Well, you know, well, not, not necessarily because I mean, well, they did apologize. Believe, I think you say it again. They apologized a few days later. A few days later, I think it was. Um, <laughs> it was definitely one of those things that whoever tweeted that was obviously an ignorant person. And not from the standpoint of like, oh, no, they're just ignorant because they're young. I think a young person is stupid. The the way that they responded to that whole tweet thing. These the person suggested that you have more a more diverse. Uh, uh, models, a group of models, particularly because you're opening a store um, on in Africa and it's like hey you know have you should have more a, a different type of models or I forget the exact language but the response was very we as a matter of fact you know we actually went through this long process and we look for our models and this is what uh, <laughs> we, 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 we believe in the process of finding models and we believe that these models that we have represent a positive image and it's like what? Yeah. You know, my little sister is, is is very young, and she would have been like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> that don't make sense." But you know, hey, it's 2015, and people have Twitter. That's gonna be my new thing. I'm just gonna be saying it, yo. It's 2015, and people got Twitter. That's what it is. <laughs> well, that's what we gonna go with. That's what we gonna roll with. Well, that's all for the scroll. We have a special guest coming up in the main dish, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back after the break. All right, guys, so we have an incredible, incredible guest today, the extremely talented actor and filmmaker that has a new hilariously funny project uh, called The Side Chick that's coming out, Mr. Noel Braham. Welcome to the show. Man, what's happening? <laughs> How y'all doing? Doing good. How are you? Good. Man, I can't complain. I can't complain. Shoot. Trying to stay warm out here in Cali. It's been cold these last few days, so... You know how it is. <laughs> oh, that's. Uh, I didn't even should... know it got cold in LA. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, funny thing is, like people, I think people are spoiled out here though, because when it's like fifty degrees, everyone's running around the town like it's cold as hell. I'm like, ah. Man, we got look here in this DC weather. At some point in time, in like January, February, it's gonna get down to a single degree, man. That's Jeez, man. coming from Florida. I don't, I don't know how y'all do that. <laughs> Coming from Florida, man, I wasn't ready at all. <laughs> I can imagine, dude. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it, man. Let's um. We I've been following you for some time now. Actually, um, I don't even know how I first stumbled upon your page. I think it was like when you were back in Atlanta. I think you might know somebody that I know some kind of way. I start like following your page. So I've been like seeing you work and seeing the videos and stuff that you're putting out. Um, and I know kind of you've had this journey of. You, I think you, you've you done some acting when you were younger, and so you just finally decided that, hey, you know what, I'm going to pursue it full time. 
um, and you, you found yourself out in L.A. So give us a little bit of the backstory. How did you get to where you are today as an actor? Yeah, man. Um, so it, it's funny because uh, when I was seven years old, uh, my mother took me to go see uh, Good Burger. And uh, y'all remember that movie, Good Burger? Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing about that is I always wanted to figure out how that special sauce tastes. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, when I saw the movie, um, I said to my mom after, I said, you know, I, I, I think I can do what they're doing, mom. I said, I, I want to be in film. I, I want to be on television. I want to entertain people. And even from a very young age, man, I've always had a very, you know, extroverted uh, personality, uh, off the charts, sometimes bouncing all around and just liking, liking and, and, and enjoying the energy of, 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 of entertaining folks, man, and kind of being in a lot of classes. I started taking classes at a local uh, college. And then at 10 years old, I got linked with a, an agency. And so, you know, you really didn't get me much work. I really didn't get out a lot. But I was still doing a lot of community theater, and uh, it got more involved as well with uh, high, my, my local high school, with the drama club there. And so I did a lot of theater. So uh, Insanity of Mary Gerard, uh, West Side Story, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, um, Othello, The Pied Piper, and so on and so forth. So I kept cultivating my craft, man, and, I, and, I, and up to, all the way up to when I got to college. I, I still remember this, and I kind of regret it a little bit because, so my freshman year, I was still doing a lot of classes, but then I started, uh, I got hooked to my fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha. And I was like, you know what? I think I really want to pledge. I want to get down with them. So my energy went, you know, away from the bro, well, away from acting. And I started putting it more so to school. And my mom was real big on me about making sure, you know, I got my degree and my education. And so for about four and a half years, dude, I, I stopped. I completely just went cold turkey on it, just being so busy with college. And then while I was with my chapter, I was a recording secretary, vice president, and then president. So you guys can imagine you know how demanding that was in a sense and dude um but the aspect about it though as well was that it, it taught me so much you know going through that process and pledging and and, and and you know holding those different positions that i've been able to apply in my career and right. so once i got out of school man i moved up and i got into the page program uh with nbc and so i was working still within entertainment but more so behind the scenes and once again, it's like, you know, when they say when you've been bit by the bug, man, it's hard to uh, it's extremely hard to 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 really look away from it. Right. Because as I'm even working and going through the offices and sometimes I'll bump into like Jimmy Fallon or Brian Williams or especially when Fallon brings on different guests or like Bill Cosby and not to bring up his name. But, you know, just different <laughs> people that I've I seen and, <laughs> you know, been able, that we've been able to come through the offices and it just said to, I, it really. I, I really thought at that point in time, I'm like, look, I need to get back in it. You know, I need to really start cultivating this again. And I need to really dedicate myself to this craft in a way that I haven't. And so the next day I went into my boss's office after a couple of things went down that, you know, I just didn't, I didn't agree with. And I told him like, Hey, you know, I really appreciate this opportunity, but I'm going to leave. And then my boss is like, you know, I really want you to think about it. I said, no, I thought about it already. I think that uh, it's, it's best for me to leave and thank you again for it. And so I left the program. Uh, people back home were not happy about it. My family wasn't too hot about the idea. It's like, you're, you know, you're leaving one of the top entertainment companies, you know, in the world 
to go into a profession that has zero job security. Are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, and then a lot of friends were kind of, you know, people were saying like, I had got fired from the job and this happened and this, which wasn't the case, but right. I said, I'm, I'm, I am going to give everything I have and I'm going to focus on doing what I need to do to make this happen. And as a result, got back to Atlanta, got headshots, start submitting, start using Craigslist and different casting sites. And every single day I would get up submitting, 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 putting my name out there for different roles and opportunities. And then my first commercial, which was a McDonald's spot that I did, a friend of mine sent me this random flyer and he mm -hmm. was like, yo, you know, you should check this out. I was like, all right, bet, bet. I'm, I'm going to see what it's all about. Submitted myself for it. They called me the day of and was like, yo, can you come in right now? Like in the next hour? I said, all right, well, cool. Went into the casting offices. Uh, and then I'm looking around and I'm looking at all these like Grammy, um, Grammy awards. And I'm like, yo, what the, like, for, like, Little Bow Wow and, like, The Brat and, like, you know, old school, like, people who was popping back in the 90s. So I'm like, you know, where am I? And I, I so happened to be, actually, at Sunseeker Media, who's ran by uh, a gentleman by the name of Bart Phillips. Okay. And uh, Bart pretty much used to manage, and he was pretty much over all those artists back in the day, and now he kind of turned it into, like, an entertainment company because he was, like, he had, like, a label and so forth. And that same day after audition, man, they booked me. They was like, look, we love you so much. You got the job. And that was my first one. And then just kept moving forward from there. And then I got to a point when I was in Atlanta, it's like, you know what? It's time to move on. It's time right. to get to the next level. You feel me? So I left the A, came out here to Los Angeles and just been grinding ever since, bro. I hope that wasn't too long-winded, but, you know, I just wanted no, to do a nice year, so... Yeah, that's good, man. And one of the things that we always love is kind of like creating that reality of what it looked like. Because, you know, a lot of people say things like, you know, you can do whatever you want to. You can chase your dreams. But rarely do we hear people saying that and coupling that with like the additional details of this is what it looked like for me. Right. So I've, I've always loved this thing. But there was a period of time that my, my, my gear shifted and it shifted because I was focusing on this. And I love that and I appreciate that. But then I had to get back. And how does that look like? So. I think it's I think it's dope that you you went into a, a bit more detail about that. So you you mentioned being in Atlanta um, and kind of doing the Atlanta market, and now you're out in LA. How 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 did the two compare? Like how how was how different? A lot of people say you know Atlanta's the Hollywood of the, of the South, or it's Black Hollywood, and you know how does that compare to actually being in Hollywood now? Yeah, man, you know. And there, you know, the tax incentive that Atlanta has is really helping so many artists out there. Um, you know, North Carolina once had a tax incentive as well, and they took it away. Mm -hmm. And so there were so many people that started moving to NC when, you know, that incentive was intact. But once they got rid of it, man, people packed their bags and dipped out. And so... You know, with Atlanta, I don't know if you remember this, but maybe about, I think it was like 2000 and, oh man, 2009, 2010, uh, uh, Nathan, was it Deal? I think it was Governor Deal. He was really close to possibly pulling the incentive and, and taking it away. And, and, and a lot of people were worried about that. They kept it intact. But, you know, I know that Seoul Atlanta right now has a lot of things happening and there's a lot of production shooting. You know, Hollywood has no form of loyalty uh, to where it shoots. They go to wherever it's cheapest. And so if Atlanta decides to pull away that incentive, it's a wrap. It's yeah. a wrap. Everything that's been being built out there, it's a wrap. It, I mean, I know they're building infrastructures and Tyler Perry and so forth, but if that incentive goes away, then that's it. 
And so, whereas with Los Angeles, you know, it's the entertainment capital of the world. There's always going to be opportunities. There's always going to be casting calls. And more importantly, people that can help and assist your career in levels that you will not be able to get to in any other market, especially in entertainment. LA is so much more competitive than Atlanta, but then the competitiveness and the nature of it just demands that you be great. Because if you come out here 50%, you know, uh, doing it, then you're going to get completely lost in the shovel. You know, whereas with, you know, Atlanta, you could kind of dip and dab and, you know, people are serious about the arts out there. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of serious professionals and very talented individuals. However, you know, in terms of the overall market, when looking at it holistically, doesn't even compare to how many talented people exist within Los Angeles and how competitive it is. And then more importantly, the people that you can meet that can really just enhance your network by thousands. I mean, just, just enhance it by, I mean, one person, you could bump into the right person out here and your life will be completely changed and your career can go to a, another level. Atlanta, the same thing in some regards, but you know, the, the, the likelihood of you bumping into someone like J.J. Abrams at the grocery store, which you see celebrities out here all the time because, you know, they just chilling or, or, or kicking it is not as high as it is, you know, back in the A. Right. And so the level of excellence that's demanded if you're trying to get to that next level is why I really appreciate the city and how it's been able to even improve, you know, improve me as an artist. Because I'm going into casting calls, and it's so funny because, so my manager sent me out one time for uh, this BET. No, no, not BET opportunity. It's a it's bad. It's a it's a Dirty Grandpa with Zac Efron and uh, Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I remember, I remember when I first started off in Atlanta, and I was doing a lot of like background work. You guys remember the show uh, Let's Stay Together? Yep. Yeah. Okay, you remember that one cat? It's a tall, light-skinned cat. Like he got like it. it I don't know, y'all remember what I'm talking about? I'm vaguely. He, he's like he's like one of the leads. If you do like, let's say together, he's not the um, he's not like the like the dark-skinned brother. He's like the lighter-skinned cat, but he's like a like a recurring lead on the show. And I, his name splits me, but I remember working on the background, and this is when I had just started, and I was just kind of observing them work on set, and I was you know kind of watching Kim and the kind of scene was based around his character. And so I'm like, okay, that was dope. That was dope. Now, flash forward to the audition, I go up into the room, and again, this is this is a big lead part, and you would have been like playing pretty much opposite of De Niro and Efron. Mm-hmm. And so I see the guy. Like, I see him like walking, and when he was walking, I'm like, oh, he must be going to like another audition like down the hall or something like that. Sure enough, dude is actually going into the same casting room that I was in, and we were going out to the same exact role. Oh, wow. And so I just wow. like, you know, the irony of, of, of life, and you begin to see, like, once again, though, that's when I was living in Atlanta working as a background, but right. I got a management out in Los Angeles, and now the cat that I was once looking up to and seeing how he worked on set is now the cat that I'm going up against for that part. Wow. And he had, he had so many more credits than I do under my belt. You see what I mean? So right. the level of competition, I mean, you're not really even just going up against, like, Sally and Joe from here and there. I mean, you're talking about big name celebrities, yo. Right. B-list, B-list. And when you get to uh, that next level, A-list cats. You feel what I mean? So, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's definitely one of those uh, journeys. <laughs> wow. You know, so. What, yeah. what do you think is the biggest challenge that um, entertainers face out in, in Hollywood? Well, Atlanta, too. I think not getting distracted. And staying committed 
not getting distracted and I think staying committed uh, to it. I think because the industry is set up in a way where it can pull you in so many different directions and you'll have, you have so many people around you and a lot of times it's, it's, it's literally, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, people that you think are your friends, people you think, you know, have your best interests at heart, even those that you have on your business team uh, that could be doing uh, pretty shady things behind your back. You know, and I know we're going to have a very honest and just real conversation here. You know, I'm not going to give you guys anything cliche, but you will have people who will stab you behind your back and not even think twice about it. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of there's, there's in, in the business. There's so many different ways to the top. And it's just kind of depending on the person, the individual in terms of how do they want to get there? Are mm-hmm. they going to walk a path of God and, and, and decide to, I'm going to make sure I, I take a spiritual journey through the entertainment industry? Am I going to take a secular journey through the entertainment industry where I'm lying, I'm cheating, I'm manipulating, I'm having sex to get there? Um, you know, or am I, am, I, am I committing and dedicating myself 110% to it? Because a lot of people get so caught into the limelight and they, they see these big time stars on television you know, they go out to the movie theater, they, they, they get so inspired by the film, they're all excited and juiced, like, yeah, I'm about to go out here and I'm about to do this. But where it becomes difficult in this business is that you have to remain consistent yeah. on a daily basis. You cannot let up for one day. And wow. so some people try to approach it in a way that it's more of a, uh, they look at it like a sprint. Mm-hmm. Right. They think I need to be here by this particular age. Millennials, our generation, just in general, we have a, a microwave kind of mentality as Speak a relates to success. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We yeah, already yeah. have about that microwave mentality as it comes to, when it comes to success. Whereas it, it's not, we don't believe in the brick of it. When you you know you got to give that thing time and give it time and time and build and build. And sometimes you're not going to get there at 25, 26. You might not blow until 40. Right. So the question becomes. How dedicated and how committed are you? What are the goals you really want to pull? You know what I mean from 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 the business. What what do you really want to achieve out of this? And what 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 is your long term? What's your short term? And what's the ultimate end goal? Because if you're looking to try to get you know success overnight, that is not going to happen. Even yeah. if you get even if you get one little opportunity on it, you know I've done a, quite a bit of uh, national commercials. When I've done like a Ford spot, um, you did a Chevy uh, spot too, right? No, nah, just Ford. It was a uh, Ford, Ford yeah. Mc- yeah, yeah, Ford McDonald's bounce television. Um, had like a little, even like a fun appearance when the Price Is Right. Uh, you know, little things. And, and at that time, a lot of things were happening quickly, and a lot of calls were being made, and you know, it was popping. The money was good. The opportunities were coming in abundance, and it it got cold, guys. It got cold. I was going out for so many different opportunities. I, ironically, I actually even ran out, went out for a straight out of Compton um, to read for Dre. And uh, that didn't happen. They was like, no, thank you. They went with old dude who did a phenomenal job. I thought he was great in it. Um, and, and you know, you, you just realize and it, it really does put you in a place of like, it, it tests you. You know, the business tests you. It says, well, you wanted this bad. We're going to see. Because the amount of no's that I've received, man, it starts playing at times with your confidence and you start really thinking about as an artist, like, man, am I really in the right business? And man, what am I not doing right? You know, how can I begin to adjust what's happening? And sometimes it's nothing at all. Mark Ruffalo, 
he got 500 no's before he got that one yes. Wow. You say that, and that, that 500 no's. So the question becomes like, are you willing to take a million no's? Not even 500, but can you take a million no's? Because even when you get one opportunity, that's, that might be cool. It might kind of put you on a certain map. You might go through another series of no, 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 no. And then that next opportunity comes and that may, may get you there. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. you know, it, and that, that's a big reason why it kind of brought me into, you know, creating and, and, and the side shit. You know, that was a big part of the, why I even decided to start writing. So that's, Man, <laughs> I just feel like, yo, you just, one of the things that we love, and, and, and we say this before, and we kind of went over it with you in terms of getting you here, but we just love for people to be able to inspire others. And I think your story and the way that you just explained it is so inspiring because it's so real. And so you're addressing some real aspects that, you know, people don't really get. Like you say, we always look at the glitz and the glamour. And I think it's one of those things that people say all the time, like, our generation is a microwave microwave generation and in so many ways we are and we feel justified in that because it's like well i went to school i got a degree you know i i, I watched a million episodes of house of pain i know how they do it you know it's like <laughs> i got everything i feel like i did what i what i needed to do so it's like i need to be popping tomorrow and the reality is yeah. You might not be popping them tomorrow, next month, next year, the next five years. But it's it's really about being dedicated and staying in there and saying, you know what, like, I'm here because I love it. I'm here for, you know, really what I love to do. And then over time, people can buy into your consistency and say, you know what, let me get behind this guy. So I think it's I think it's incredible. And since you kind of already mentioned, you know, the side chick, let's get into how you created it. I I, I checked out the first episode um, I had some some shockers in there, you know. The the whole toe thing was a little. I was like, "What? <laughs> you know what's really going on?" But I will say, this character Sheik, man, this guy is he's a piece of work. So talk to us about how you created the the side chicken specifically. Where she come from, man? Because that's this guy's interesting. Yeah, man, most definitely, dude. It was uh, and again, going into you know piggybacking off what I was saying. Thing, and even what you're talking to, a, a, a big reason why I started to really content create was because of the amount of opportunities that I was pretty much being overlooked for, you know, and it, it started to cause a lot of friction within my life because, you know, I know that I have a talent and I know that I have a place in the business. I don't know where exactly, meaning like, I don't know how far, how high I'm, I'm supposed to be or how low I'm meant to be, but I know that I have a place within the business where I can offer people creative and entertainment content that can make them laugh, cry, and inspire all at the same time. And I got to a point where I said to myself that I'm not going to continue to go at this thing because I realized that I realized that where I want to be and the things that I want out of it are going to take a lot of work and demand. And so with that, with that being said, you know, my business partner at the time, him and I were talking and I was just pretty much telling how frustrated I, you know, I was and I was getting, he was like, well, I think it's time for you to start creating your own roles and opportunities. If Hollywood doesn't want to open a door, create your own. And so I started sitting down and I started drafting the initial concept and idea of the side shit was going to be like this guy. And then he was playing this girl and she had no idea. And she was this blogger and his side chick and his girlfriend actually get become friends and blah, 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 blah. But then I said to myself, 
how much more interesting because we see a lot of cliche content out there. Do we not? When you look at mainstream media, you see a lot of a lot of the same images, a lot of the, the same stories. They just kind of tweak this and tweak that, and they tell it in different facets and ways. Mm-hmm. So when I approached this project, y'all, I said to myself that I am not going to allow my imagination to be fenced in by any means. I am not going to allow, well, what would people think about this? Or, or is this too out there? I am going to just allow my imagination to go completely wild. And I tell you guys, the liberation that I received going through the writing process was so amazing. Not saying that the content is like Academy Award winner, by no means am I, and I'm not getting to that point. But when you just sit down, and you tap into your mental energy and capacity. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, everything in life, we're, 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 boarded, we're boarded in, right? It's like when we consider the life that we live, right? Mm-hmm. Everything around us is, 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 is controlled, right? It's like you go to a meeting, but there's a certain level of decorum that you have to hold within that meeting in addition to attire, Right. So you have to wear a suit or there's a certain idea of what needs to be worn, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You go to the grocery store and obviously you have to have shoes on. You can't go in there with no shoes on. You get into a car and you have four doors around you and two glasses behind you. Obviously, that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. That's not a bad thing. (laughs) Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying like, don't get that twisted. You you know, you live in an apartment and you have a door that blocks you from the world and then you have another door within your bedroom and you have another door within your closet and you have another door within your bathroom, right? So when you think about that, look at all those different departments that were constantly being bordered in, were constantly being almost um, um, fenced, so to speak. And if you think about it from a psychological standpoint, everything around us has this idea of the rules and the way in which we're supposed to be, not, not, not even just controlled, but the manner in which we're supposed to step to different things and what's being, what, what, how, how are we supposed to go about different things and how, what are we supposed to wear and this is how you're supposed to dress and this is how you're supposed to write something and this is how the content should look. And so when going through the writing process of this, I released the doors within my mind. Mm-hmm. I took away the, the windows in front of me and behind me and the doors to my left and right. I completely just allowed my imagination to take control of the content and allow it to tell a story based on the characters and the possibilities of the world and what can happen. And I promise you, take an opportunity. It is a, no matter what it is that you guys are doing, take an opportunity and just start writing something. Yeah. And in the process of writing it, guys, don't think, well, does this make sense? And what about this? And hmm, I'm not sure. Just write it. Allow your imagination to write it. And when I tell you, you will tap into a certain level of, of, of liberation from a mental standpoint that you've never experienced. And it will be some, one of the most fulfilling energies that you've ever touched on, not realizing that in our world, it's because people are so fantastic. In. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Even when you look at a map, a map has states. Each state has their own state line. Cities, same thing. Districts, streets, everything around us is so controlled and bordered. So it, it, it takes away, and we don't realize it, but we don't even tap into what our imagination is here for. 
in its fullest capacity. And so with the side chick, you know, and again, I know it's out there. It's very quirky. I just step to it and saying that I am going to liberate myself and I'm going to create content for people in a, in a manner of not only liberation, but saying, let uh, allow the imagination to go wild and watch what happens. Right. Which is incredible. I mean, I, I think I think what you're speaking on is one of those things that not a lot of people allow themselves to get to or even know how to get to. But when you talk about kind of the the constraints, I feel like one of the things that as millennials we all want, right? Because I I, I definitely feel like we are a bit a lot more in touch with like our youthful selves and our youthful minds than like our parents' generations, right? Because we have so many more opportunities and we have the ability to be connected to each other and communicate with each other and to, to learn and to experience all of this stuff. So we're a lot more connected with that person. But I, I and I'll speak for myself as saying, sometimes you always, I, I start to think about, you know, the realities of life. The reality is I have to do X, Y, and Z. The reality is that this exists. The reality is that exists. And so when you really start to look at reality, you can't get to that place. But I think it's incredible, you know, to have you explain what that's like and, and, and have this project be the result and kind of like the birth of uh, the birthing result of you being able to get to that place. So, you know, maybe we can all be inspired by <laughs> Sheik's cra- craziness because this guy's weird. <laughs> I, no, no, and I know, and I, yeah, I know, and I, and I know, and I, I know what you mean, and it's, it's a good point. And let me tell you this, it's, it, I'm only here right now because of, 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 of my imagination and ultimate belief. Because for someone, even, you know, we talked about it, to leave NBC and they say, I'm going to go and try to make a living from acting, that's absolutely absurd. And, and here's a funny story, and I didn't tell you guys, and I'll, I'll make it quick with this, is that once I dedicated and I made a decision and I, I, allowed, I allowed my imagination to, to see the world, to see my future, to, to dictate what would happen, the things that took place. So... I went out for the fourth commercial that I went out for, right? Mm-hmm. At that time, I probably had about three, $400 in my bank account, extreme rope. And I, I, was, I wasn't doing anything but acting. So I was picking up odd jobs here and there, you know, was struggling and limping to get by with bills. And it was, it was a pretty stressful time. But I went out for the fourth job. And I didn't realize the magnitude that it would be. And when I went out for it, I didn't know they actually selected me for the final casting because it was one of those shoots where they were using multiple actors. And they said, mm-hmm. well, if you actually make the final cut, we'll let you know. And at that same time, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to move out to L.A. And here I'm going to move out to L.A. LA. I mean, move out to L.A. in April. And I saw it. So I talked about it. I spoke it into existence. And then yeah. from speaking on it, I saw it within my mind. I allowed the window, show me Hollywood. Show me what it would be like. You know, we talk about laws of attraction and vision boards. But then I acted on it, and I, I got up, and I rented this, like, bed in, like, an apartment where I was literally in the room uh, uh, with this other dude who had, like, another bed. So it was, like, literally dorm style. I was like, damn, I thought I already had my college degree. So literally <laughs> him and I, we shared this small room right across from each other. Um, but it was cheap. So I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and roll with it because it's going to help me at least go through the transition process. And it was held even being in there. And I probably had, I had about after moving and all that, I probably had like, I'm like, um, 
I remember I went into my account. I went to like $75, right? Mm-hmm. And my mom calls me and she says, you just got eight to 10 checks from Ford totaling the amount of $7,859. Wow. Wow. This is, I'm, I'm not making this up. I, wow. I, I, I kid you all. Not, I'm not making this. She's 7000 I said, what? She said, you, you just got a total. And then week after week after week after week, more and more checks kept coming through because the residuals was pouring right. and pouring and pouring. Like the money, but it was crazy. And so once again, they're doubling back and thinking, well, how did that happen? It's when you allow, when you make a decision about something, and once again, you open the door that's holding your imagination in because it's, it's imaginative to think within the future, right? right. It's like you guys have this amazing podcast right now. Imagine what's going to happen. What I just say, imagine what's going to happen when, 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 when a huge radio outlet or rock, you know, Live Nation, someone calls you and says, hey, we want to take you guys to the next level. And you, you guys are, are, are broadcasting and millions of people from around the world are tuning in and listening to your show and listening to your guests. Imagine that. We, yeah. just, we just open the door right there, y'all. Mm-hmm. Imagine what's going to happen when you guys are walking down the street and you got people running up on you talking about, can I get an autograph, please? Or, hey, aren't you guys, man, I love your podcast. Thank you so much. It changed my life. Imagine that. Yeah. When you guys, when you guys got mansions and you know you having to take private jets because now the show is going international, so now it's not even just domestic around America. You've now been able to tailor and garner international demand. Imagine that, y'all. So it's the imagination that we border and even step into this project. And when we, what we don't realize is that when we open that door. When we say, no, this, this is what I think. This is not what I, I not only think, I know it can happen. Because I, I've, I've seen it within my mind. I, I've spoken it to existence. And most importantly, I am now acting upon it. And what we talked about earlier, I'm committed to this. Yeah, and so when you continue to do that, man, I'm, there's nothing that, that can stop us. There's nothing at all. And I think so. You know, sorry, yeah. sorry, my, my, my bad. Oh no, I'm I'm interrupting you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I I think this is so critical what you said. You know, just you know, having faith in you know the visions that you believe God has put inside of you, and something that you added that I think is so crucial: being consistent. Because I think a lot of people, you know, want to speak things and you know. But don't want the the consistency. And I, I'm so, I was so encouraged by what you said. You know, there's some moments where you're, you're hot and then it's cold, you know, but you have to be consistent even in those cold moments and keep believing. And I think your story is so powerful because you're saying, Hey, believe, but you got to be consistent because so many people in our generation believe, but they don't want to put the work in. Exactly. That's it. That's it. That's exactly. it, man. They, That's we 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 have this. We got this idea like it's just gonna be handed to us. Mm-hmm. You know? We're entitled. Like we have, like we're entitled. Exactly. We feel like the world owes us something, and they don't owe us anything at all. The world, the world does not owe us a damn thing, yo. Besides the coffin at the end of the day, you know it doesn't <laughs> owe us anything besides this. It rambles in the box and throws us in the ground, or they can cremate us. You know, they can, they can burn you up and just be like, <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, the, 
in the water and be like, oh, he's free. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> right. No, seriously. Nah, man, seriously. You know, it, it, the world doesn't owe us anything. Right. And for many of us, and it's so funny because even going through the process of shooting the side shit, and, you know, with it being, you know, independent, it was a, a union project, but we had to file it under, like, the ultra-low budget. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of people who bought into the vision. They were excited about it. They couldn't wait to work on it. And when we got into production, so many people fell off. You mm. know what I mean? It's like people naturally, they're, they're groupies. Mm -hmm. I mean, human beings naturally are groupies. They don't want to really be affiliated or associated until something's already been, va been validated by other people. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's absolutely crazy and absurd. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they look for that validation from what, what other people say. That's what that's what follower counts do too. Instagram, how many followers you got? How many likes you got? Oh, okay. Well, if you don't have enough followers, then you're not because you're not validated by other people. Then no, I'm good. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That's an yeah. That's an incredible point because that is. I mean, we we talk about that here on the show all the time. It's it's one of those things of like you know you have to certain people are, are seen as so successful and then when you ask them like oh well what does this person do nobody can really tell you what they do but it's like whatever it is they take nice pictures and they got a million followers on instagram so they gotta <laughs> it's like yeah nah not Ooh. really <laughs> right right and then right because you can buy ironically so we, we're using this example you can buy validation uh, you can buy followers you can buy likes <laughs> what do people do you can buy comments. You know what I mean. You can buy this false sense of entitlement and insecurity that people that people you know typically get associated to. But you know, it, it, it's it's just wild to me, man. It's 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 absolutely wild to me. It's wild, and it's 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 sad because it does say, especially with our generation, you know, where are we heading, and what are we doing to make a difference, and how are we trying to change things, or at least improve it, or stop things from becoming something that is only going to hurt us in the long run. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Right. So, like, right. you know, with, 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 with Cheek's character, he's such a quirky guy, and he's so optimistic. Yeah. And in this, in the world <laughs> of the side, very much so, very much so. <laughs> and his girlfriend, you know, Gloria, you know, she's very calculating. She's, she's uh, a piece of work. <laughs> she's, yeah, yeah, she's, she's, yeah, work. she's very calculating. <laughs> She can do. She's very calculating. She she she's very manipulative. Uh, she's very strategic, and yeah. she wants everything. She wants right. everything her way and the way she wants it. And you see throughout the process and the whole you know the series how she's completely just playing these guys, and then ultimately what happens in return without giving too much away. You feel me? Yeah. How, how it ultimately what's the because for every uh, for every cause there's an effect. You know, mm -hmm. for every action is a reaction. So what, how her action throughout the entire narrative ultimately turned into the reactions and how it ultimately goes back and bites her in the butt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Incredible. So, you know, the, 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 yeah, man, the project was, was awesome. And, you know, initially with that, the initial idea that I had for it, I just thought that it would be so much more, let's flip the perspective. Once again, opening the door to the imagination. Let me not tell the stereotypical. Let let me let me provide people with the other end. What happens when the guy is being played? And this is something around. I know you can attest to because 
when you if, when we're madly in love with a chick, we do not know. We can't see nothing besides how much we love that person, bro. You know exactly what I'm. When you know him, <laughs> we we can't see, bro. All we, bro, we can't see nothing besides how we are in love. And even when people around us are saying, "Yo, you didn't think," or "Bro, we're like, nah, bro, like, nah, man, it's all good." I mean, I love her, or whatever the case is. Whereas women, you guys are so much more intuitive. <laughs> and you're able, you're even, you can be madly in love with somebody, but at the same time, you got that third eye on the reality of the situation within. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We just don't follow it all the time, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> the intuition is there, but we still be falling for the same dumb junk. <laughs> <laughs> My mama always say, if love is blind, marriage is an eye opener. So I think. That's real. That's real, though. Because really, you know, with Glory's character, I just wrote I wrote her character like a dude. And I just put a, a, a female's name on it. I mean, it's how dudes would be. And ironically so, especially in L.A., so many women are set up the way Gloria is set up. You know, if, if they have, quote, unquote, assets, you know, they got a nice body, a pretty face. Most of the time, those women, are, they like to take advantage of men. And men may know they're being taken advantage of, or they may not know that they, they are. But I think even the idea of, but again, we talk about our generation, what's becoming sad is that besides she's becoming so much more prevalent and in some regards accepted that we're almost kind of making it okay to cheat. You know what I mean? Or okay to be on the side. You're talking about, I mean, think about when you break that down, you're, what you're pretty much saying is that, I'm with somebody else who I love and they care about me, but I use you because the per- my main quote unquote person doesn't give me certain things that you do, but you still could not fulfill what they are fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's trying to like, kind of like the 80, 20 rule. It's like <laughs> you're the, the side is the 20, but it's because you want the hundred, you can't, you try to, piece it together or some people is 60 40 um but just taking what that person lacks to kind of piece together (laughs) you said what randall i said 49 51 (laughs) (laughs) this this look better i can take this home from the mama but you 49 though you were closer (laughs) right right no no real talk man it's just it's, and that's the thing. It's like it, we, we human beings, we cannot have it all. Our generation, we want it all, but we don't want to do any kind of work to it. You know, relationships, you want a great relationship, but how much energy and what kind of work are you putting into that relationship? Or are you going to just clock out? Or are you selling out on your partner because your partner may not be fulfilling certain areas? And most of the time, it, may, it, it, it might be around sex or money, which is already secular. So it's like, you you know... You, you really you really dive into things and you're going down a path that you know the enemy wants you to go down so right. why 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 do you why why ultimately those who those people who are playing people and those people who have side chicks and all that ultimately man they just playing themselves is what they don't realize yeah that's it 
That is definitely it. So, man, where, where, where can people go to figure out, like, more things that you have going on? And how can people follow you? you of course, you have a wealth of knowledge that you've shared with us here. And I, I feel like we can talk to you for days and just get more knowledge oh, and more knowledge. Because the stuff that you're speaking, man, is universal. I think it's extremely helpful to people that are looking to pursue you know, careers in entertainment or acting or directing and film. But I also think it's universal to the point that if you are working in an office or, you know, you're in, in public service or, you know, anything, the things that you're, you're, you're speaking about is incredible. And I feel like it, it, it bypasses everything and everybody can get something from it. So how can people follow you? What other projects can people look out for you? How can people get into the side chick? Um, give us all of that. Yeah, man. So the side chick is www.thesidechick.tv. Um, and that literally has all the episodes. Uh, shout out to all the amazing artists who provided their music as well, guys. Support those independent um, music makers. I mean, they just gave us so much dope stuff because we have the soundtrack as well located on the site. Uh, cast interviews, you know, with everybody. Um, so check it out at thesidechick.tv. Add me on Facebook as a friend, Noel, N-O-E-L, Brayham, B-R-A-H-A-M. Uh, like my page, Noel Brayham. Uh, Twitter, Noel Brayham. Instagram, Noel underscore Brayham. Um, friend me there, follow me there. I love talking to folks and connecting with people. So, by, I mean, even when you DM me, bro, I hit you right back, you know? Yeah. So, you know, connect me then. We, we have, we have, it's so funny because we started this is going in a completely different direction, but we, we started working on a star Wars fan film and, uh, we're going to release that actually before the force awakens. We went into production last month. Uh, we're currently in the can with production. So now we're just focusing our effort into editing and getting that bad boy ready to go. But we're going to release that anyway. I, I say between December 8th and December 14th. Okay. It's going to, it's going to fall somewhere in that. And I'm just going to put it out on my page and I'm going to provide a link to it, uh, via new media sites. So, you know, that's going to be dope because the name of it's called star Wars exile. And it pretty much follows two. it follows two Jedi, the master and the Padawan, but the master has pretty much exiled herself and the Padawan, um, from the Jedi order out of fear of the empire and out of fear mm. of the galaxy and out of fear of, of what she thinks could happen based on her feelings. Wow. And so, you know, we're, we're taking a different turn with that story because it's, it's, it's obviously an action drama and it talks to things about even in our own society and, and what we go through on a daily basis and how sometimes we are in our own way. If that makes sense. Like we literally, we're like, what's in my way right now? Yeah. You're in your own way. You're right in your now. own way. Yeah. Wow. Your fears are in your own way. Your feelings, your pettiness, you know, your lack of commitment, your lack of dedication. You're in your own way right now from fulfilling your true purpose and destiny. And that's what this particular project focuses on um, with the overall dynamic. It's a short, uh, so it's going to probably run about eight to 10 minutes, guys, but it's going to be awesome. So, Again, the name of it is Star Wars Exile. It's also up on IMDb, so follow that. You can see some of the actors who are involved. We we got some of the amazing, some amazing uh, choreographers who helped us from um, 
a jam, which is a big, big, big stunt uh, studio uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, Philip Michael, he came on board as a producer, and he's worked with people who've been on Avengers, and, and they've done different things with various Marvel movies. Uh, and then I co-directed it with my, my partner, Pokey Spears, my business partner, Pokey Spears. Pokey has a lot of great things going on. So, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's going to be dope, man. It's going to be dope. Amazing, amazing. Well, look, we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that, man. And if anything that we can do here at Brunch Culture to help promote that, we are down for it, man. We thank you so much for coming in on the show. Um, we'll be checking out the side chick. We'll be interacting with people as they get to get exposed to it and get to see, you know, what I'm talking about when it comes to she. He's a good guy. He's a little, he's a little different, but he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when, watch, watch, but check it, man. I know, I know he's quirky, but watch the entire thing, bro. It's hard to relate to him initially, but watch when you watch it in full capacity, you know, you, you begin to see. It's a lot of things it starts to hit on. So watch everything and you'll see it, man. Because, we, again, we released all seven episodes, guys, too. Right. We did a new media style. So everything's out there. We're not having people come back next week. No, no, no. Everything's out there. Enjoy it. Dive into the world. You know, take bits and parts from it and hopefully apply it to your life or your relationship hopefully it, it inspires and and you know improves <laughs> and laughs binge watching that's, that's what we're about today binge watching that's it <laughs> so we're gonna have that's the it. side chicken chill now it's not, not gonna be netflix and chill it's gonna be side chicken chill <laughs> side chicken bruh exactly i'm gonna post that on instagram today shout out to you bruh i'm gonna post that on side chicken chill that's it <laughs> <laughs> right, man. We here, brunch culture. Thank you again for being part of the show, man. And we look forward to working with you again in the future. Oh man, most definitely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. You're welcome. All right, guys, we're back with our Toast to Roast. This week, we're doing it a little different in light of the events in Paris. Um, we just want to actually give a shout out to all the families and encourage you to pray for the families and the friends and everyone in um, that was hurt and um, killed in this tragic attack. And definitely want to keep Paris and France um, in our prayers, I can't imagine being at a theater or just a public place and people start shooting and bombs going off. I probably would flip out. I don't even know what I would do. Um, so our thoughts and prayers are with them because that is a terrible act. And, you know, we are definitely praying with them. Most definitely. And for them. And we definitely... I know the president made a statement about, you know, this, this is not just an attack on, on, um, Paris and France this is an attack on humanity. Um, because we're all essentially one in a sense and we're hurt because they are hurt, 
even though we're across the sea. So uh, we definitely send our thoughts and prayers out to them and we hope justice will be served and they will be able to catch all those who are still alive because some of those are suicide bombers, um, those terrorists that are still alive and that they will uh, pay the penalty for their crime. Yeah, most definitely. I think just in this one thing that it does for me and when I I kind of got the the news late from just doing all kinds of stuff and not paying attention to the alerts on my phone. But one of the things that it makes me say, and we want to challenge you guys to do is just to really think about and consider how blessed you are, you know, to just do normal things, to be able to walk outside and, 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 and you you're going to the mall and you have, you don't have to experience this. Just imagine what it would be like, um, you know, temporarily imagine what it would be like to have to live that reality and not even so much of just there, but the recourse, because those people that live through it and and are able to say that I I was there and I came out alive, the emotional scars and the mental wounds and the fear that comes as a result of that. That's something that at this point, you know, many of us, we've never experienced and we don't have. And it's just like really just puts life and everything in perspective and makes you appreciate where you are. So this week we are are not really a toast, if you will, but um, we're def- definitely taking a moment to just acknowledge, uh, to, to, to shed light on and then to say that we stand with and we are definitely praying for Paris. Amen. Well, we're going to leave you with this week's good vibe. It's, it says, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. And that's by Reed Hoffman. And um, that just speaks to the fact that sometimes you just need to go for it. You, I think perfection, the, uh, perfection, the perfectionist mentality sometimes hinders you from launching. Um, yeah. but when you just throw it out and say, man, we're going to, this is the first version of it and we're going to get better. I think about what Facebook is now or Instagram is now. If they had to wait until they got to this product, what they have now to launch, it wouldn't be as big as it is. Always know that you can update, you can revise and, um, be confident. Yeah. yeah be confident in what you develop and understand that the perfection is in the process Perfection comes out of the process. That is one thing that I've definitely learned here at Brunch Culture. Um, we shared this before, but Lisa knows. I Lisa was like, let's make it happen. I'm like, look, we need a solid two more months. He's like, well, we just did. We, what you talking about? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so, yo, believe in what you can do. Get the product. Do the work to be prepared to have a, a solid first draft. Put that first draft out and then just continue to revise it and rework it. As always, guys, we thank you guys so much for listening to Brunch Culture. Thank you for sticking up with us for week to week. Make sure that you check out Noel Braham and his and his company. Check him out on Twitter, um, on Instagram. Make sure that you go to www.thesidechick.tv and check out the, the series 
Also hit us up online on Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. You can check out our website with all of our past episodes at www.brunchculturebc.com. Remember that we are on iTunes and we made Spreaker's app of the week. So we're on the Spreaker homepage. I think it's still up there. Um, we're being promoted for Spreak- on Spreaker's site, which is a major thing. We, we're continuing to build you know, our following and people are continuing to listen to us and we love it. We love to interact with you guys. We want to hear from you. Let us know. Make sure y'all send us letters and let's interact and let's talk and let's just make this brunch this brunch culture conversation everything that it needs to be. And as always here at Brunch Culture, remember everything is up for discussion. <laughs>